Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining me on the first episode of the Talking Leadership TV podcast series. This series is an extension of the Talking Leadership podcast series of which I'd like to thank again all of my guests for sharing their leadership pathways and their stories with my listeners. You helped me create over 200 episodes of the podcast and Talking Leadership TV is an extension of that work. A lot of content to come around key leadership issues, which I'm looking forward to sharing with you all, but let's get into today's podcast. So my guest today is Annette Demosthenos. She's a career development practitioner with an extensive history in leadership and non-leadership roles across multiple industries, which include education, engineering, mining, manufacturing, building and construction, superannuation and finance, agriculture and primary industry more generally. Annette's curiosity, passion for exploring and desire to be a lifelong learner has seen her turn her focus to university studies. In March of last year, Annette finally took the leap which she's always dreamed of embarking on the next phase of her own career journey. She's commenced a Bachelor of Psychology with Honours through the University of Southern Queensland, transitioning to full-time study in September of 2022. As a mature age learner, Annette comes to university with a knowledge of where she has interest rather than using it as an exploratory process. She believes in the need to educate oneself to stay empowered, youthful, relevant and engaged in one's community and life in general. With Annette's love of connecting with people and her intrinsic desire to seek knowledge, she looks to her degree as a way to gain further understanding and insight so she can continue to be of service and sees education as a way to future-proof her ability to work irrespective of age or location. Today's topic area, which Annette's um, bio alluded to, is lifelong learning, and I hope you enjoy the discussion as much as I did. So over to Annette for our discussion today on lifelong learning. G'day, Annette. Thanks uh, for joining me again, mate. Um, This is uh, the first, as I said in the introduction, the first of the new Talking Leadership TV podcast and I'm trying as much as I can to move now to very specific topic areas around leadership and issues that have come up in the conversations that I've had and your journey was particularly interesting to me in that you've you've done some things and gone back to do some some further education but I'll leave you to discuss that as we um, ask the go through the questions here but let me do a little bit of scene setting if I could and I'll, I'll get your perspective on this. So in 2020, the University of Melbourne posted a blog titled Lifelong Learning is the New Order. And associated with that blog, Associate Professor of Economics, Michael Coelli said the following, now people in many jobs are being asked to update on a very regular basis to keep up to date with what's going on in their field. In other words, lifelong learning uh, while not a new phenomenon, is becoming the norm. I'll get your perspectives on that in a second. And to define what it is we're talking about today, because it is around how lifelong learning fits into that uh, leadership landscape. Aylan Kaplan in 2016 defined lifelong learning as an approach that it, it's an educational phenomenon that includes all life processes from birth to death and all activities that aim to develop an individual's knowledge, skills, and competencies. It's also been described as a process that includes a rapid rapid change through which individuals acquire competencies in different areas during their lives. So start with the first bit. Do you think lifelong learning is critical for your journey as a professional person, Annette? 
Yeah, thanks, Eric. Um, yes, we do. I do. As a, as a professional person, I think lifelong learning is essential uh, because you you change. You, you change the landscape of where you're working change, that changes. People that you're working with, they change. So in order to, to stay up to date and current, lifelong learning is, is essential. Um, and I think you also... Uh, develop different areas of interest as well uh, as, as you progress uh, through your life. So to be able to deal with what's coming at us um, in, the, in the workplace and in life in general, um, you have to learn. I think you, you never stop learning, really. Yeah, I've, I've, it's been put to me in that way. And I'd, I'd like to get um, a perspective from you if I can. From, from your learning journey, what has that looked like beyond schooling for you? So beyond that formal element of, of you know, uh, K to 12, whatever it is at the moment, what's that look like for you? So for me, it was actually um, different from, I, I guess, uh, some others in, in that I left school quite early. Um, back in the day, I, I was a year 10 leaver and, and went on to business school and um, got skills there and then was out in the workplace. So the majority of my learning for a long time was on the job through experience, through working with different companies, um, choosing different directions to go in. And I kind of fell into one thing or the other. And it hasn't been until later in life where I've kind of honed the, the skills that I have and, and realised where my strengths are and and the, the area that I kind of like to operate in, that then I've gone, okay, now I want to find out more. And I've been very um, strategic in the type of learning and education that I've gone after. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been experienced and on the job first, and now the more formal training is and the education is happening. So in some senses, Annette, you're view of learning may have changed over time and it sounds it sounds like it did let's get deeper into the weeds a little bit as to why that was so did you see others changing career paths and wondering hey I could give that a go or did you get to a point where you, you hit a brick wall and you were thinking well I need to do something else on board with the well, maybe board's not the right word but looking for a different career pathway what what was the light bulb moment for you if there was one I think um, there's there's been a couple, and I think the other element that really influences what happens is normal life. So what happens in in, in your life experience as you go along. So uh, whether you become a parent, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, um, you know, whether you move, all all of those transitional periods that change your life in a rather big way also contribute. So. For me, I, I ended up being a single mum and um, decided that I wanted to do something different. So it was quite a while after I'd been working for a long time that I went, what am I going to be doing for the rest of my life? So I started on, on a learning journey and, and discovered that I actually liked learning. It wasn't something that I had to do. So when you said before about my perspective on learning, when I was in the compulsory education stage, it was because I had to. The desire that I have now is because I want to. So that's the difference is that I'm interested in something and I want to find out more and develop more in, in specific areas. 
and they, they have been triggered by life events for, in my particular case. Um, the study that I'm, I'm doing now has been because of reflecting back and again, other life changes that have happened and just going, okay, what do I want the rest of my career journey to look like? Um, I've had periods, short periods where I haven't worked or I've done something else um, where I went and studied yoga and, and um, did those kind of things. And I realised that I actually like to be useful and I can always see myself wanting to contribute. So how can I future-proof myself so that I can always be able to be of service or, or contribute? That was one of the key um, triggers that started that thinking on, okay, well, what is it? Where could I go that I can go in and I know that I can continue to learn and continue to um, develop myself and still, doesn't matter how old I am, still be able to work. Yeah, I, well, one, a couple of things. Age should never be a barrier. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think we're both in that cohort in going into our 50s and looking at um, looking back at a lifetime of, of being in the workplace and mm. doing both formal and informal learning. I, I have no... Um, I have no way to how to tease out whether the informal learning I've had has been more critical to me than my formal learning. And um, I've, I've said this before on the podcast and I'll say it again, I have no discernible skills other than an ability to sit down and read and write some essays and, and get some formal qualifications. So that's the pathway that I took. Um, it, I, interesting that you said, well, I, I did some yoga. Well, that's a form of form of learning that's mm -hmm. not formalize you don't have to go to uni or TAFE or mm -hmm. some other formal institution to learn it and this this um slightly off track but I think it's still rel related to what you've done is do you think those experiences of learning that weren't formal have been a catalyst to do other things so when you did the yoga did that open your thinking to other things or, or not Definitely, yes, because the uh, the desire to explore that that pathway, and it was, it was extensive learning. I spent uh, probably four years um, going through different yoga courses and specialising in a certain area. And it, it started this thirst of, oh, I can actually do this. So one, it gave me the confidence to go, yes, it is something that I'm capable of doing. And it opened, opened my eyes to going, wow, I can actually do this. There are other things out there. What might that look like? And then changing of jobs and uh, et cetera has also contributed as well and have, have kind of um, made me turn my head and go, okay, I'm going to move away from that and, and, and add in this bit. So it's been more of a, a selection as I go along rather than just going, oh, I'm just going to go here and see what happens. It's been more selective. So that those informal um, learning definitely have triggered, definitely. Yeah, thank you for that. Annette, let me bring this, if I can, to lifelong learning and organisation. So I'll, I'll ask two questions, and here's the first one. Mm -hmm. What's your experience of work taught you about an organisation's commitment to lifelong learning? So I, I know, and you don't have to list the, the organisations because I will put a link in the um, video description here on the other podcasts sessions that you've helped me with a one-on-one -on -one that we did and a panel uh, session. And again, without naming the organizations, do you think they've been committed to the idea of lifelong learning or not, or, or somewhere in between? 
I think they have. I think I've been fortunate to um, to be involved with organisations that are passionate about education and growth, uh, professional development and growth. So I, I, I think the, the organisations that I have worked with have definitely been supportive of it and in some cases have driven that with the direction that they have wanted to go. There's been gaps of knowledge. So in order to fill those gaps, you have to upskill. So, yeah, definitely. Second question then, uh, mm-hmm. is, is lifelong learning a shared responsibility and why uh, context for asking this question is I I was of the mindset that it's completely up to the individual learner what they do or don't do when it comes to their own learning but um, in some discussions that I've had more recently my thinking's changed a little bit in that maybe there is some shared responsibility if you're in the workplace, not only for the organisation to help potentially develop your skill sets, but for you to contribute back to that organisation. So what what's your view of it? I'd, I'd agree with the latter, Eric. I, th- I think that there is a shared responsibility and, and I think as uh, organisations that have a conscience and, and want to develop their people and to meet the demands of their businesses and the marketplace, Acknowledging and identifying those gaps of knowledge is is from, I think, you know, from an organisation perspective, crucial. And also understanding their staff and understanding the desires of um, staff's own wishes for what they want to um, see for their own professional development. That's part of their responsibility, I think. I think the, the choice to actually do the learning that comes down to the individual because an organisation can say, okay, well, we've got this, we know we're going to go in this way, we'd like you to, you know, go and do this course or you need to do some further learning. And then the option is obviously to the individual to say yes or no. Um, So that's where the individual's, I think, um, choice and will to do the learning is very personal and up to them because they can say no. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that more. And it's it's just been recently where I've, I've had people in my life, uh, friends and family that have done education and, and gone back and, and re, re-skilled, upskilled. I'm not sure what the best terminology is, but they've hit that wall and said, yeah, I need to do something else. I want a different career path. And yeah, that's highly individualistic, but that has consequences for where you work or potentially the people around you because, you know, once you've got familiar responsibilities, you're a single mom or single dad, or you've, you're in a, a couple of some description, you've got kids that you can't just stop working and decide, well, I'm going to go study full-time and follow my dream, but I'm not going to pay any of the bills. Like there's, it, it's difficult to follow certain pathways of learning. So I, I get, I get that. I, I was going to add to, and that, um, previous question we you know talking about the learner and and the the business that you might be with you might be working for do you think the education system plays a significant role here and what i mean by that is i only got wind of the the terminology of lifelong learning well into my formal career spaces where people that had been in, in the world of work a lot longer than me 
constantly suggested do some training of whatever kind, keep yourself relevant. And I didn't understand what that meant until a lot later in life. And it's, I think the a love of learning has to get triggered off somewhere and, and, mm. and, and, and not to have a crack at, um, you know, or undermine uh, formal learning from, you know, K to 12, you have to learn some fundamentals and there's no escaping that. You have to learn how to write a sentence, you know, have yes. to get some skills in, in using numbers and so on. But it's triggering an individual's curiosity to keep asking the why question. And um, that is easier said than done. And so from your experience of it, because you've, you've worked in, in the high school sector and you've been, in the, mm. you've been a professional in the career development space, mm. is that easier to, to say than to actually do on the ground to, to get to inflame that passion for learning in, in people? I think it depends on the individual, Eric. I think with um, with with the kids that I and students that I've dealt with, it's been a mixed bag. Some some people and everybody's different. Some people innately know who they are and what they like. A lot of people though don't, and particularly when you've got kids coming through. Yes, they're doing the rudimentary basics of of reading and writing and arithmetic and uh, and learning how to be a person. So they're doing all of that. And then as you start going through senior schools, you're also going, okay, well, now how am I going to engage with the world? So it's, it starts to have a different skill set uh, and they get their first job. And, and look, let's face it, most kids get their first job because they want the money. They want to go and spend. So there's not a lot in my experience that I've seen that go, right, I know that this is where I want to go and this is the path. So a lot of the work that um, that I know I did in the career development space was more around what do you like? Not so much about trying to figure out a lifelong pathway. It is what's your next step? And that's where it comes down to what's next. What do you fundamentally like? Do you like being with people? Do you don't want to be with people? Do you like working on a computer? Do you like being outside? Do you like painting? Do you like creating? Do you like tech? You know, it. It all comes down to what do they like? And you have to allow space for people to discover that. Some people discover that through figuring out what they don't like, and that takes time. So finding that trigger that you're talking about is through exploration, is through experience. And I think that takes time. As I said, I think it's, it's, it's the rare individuals that come through that go, yes, I want to be a brain surgeon or yes, I want to be a lawyer that, that, that know. Um, they're probably in a smaller percentage than the majority that are going, hmm, oh, I think I like this, I think I like that, or I might try this, or I might try that. Yeah, I, I, I could not disagree. In, in fact, um, at high school age, I, I had many an idea of what I thought I wanted to be uh, when I grew up, <laughs> it didn't end up going exactly the way that I thought. And um, yeah, the the idea of experience um, as part of lifelong learning and that you will learn as you gain experience in a role or gain experience in a vocation, um, that that is as powerful, I would argue, as any kind of formal learning or trade or it's, it's being around the people that you need to be around with because most jobs are people-centric mm -hmm. and so you, you learn as you go. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, I also wanted to point out too is that you might have an idea that this is what this 
looks like. You know, oh, I want to do this career and this is what I think it looks like. But you get into it and you go, oh, this isn't anything like I thought it was going to be. Or it might be, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. So, again, that, that lived experience is where, where, where the gold is. That's where you go, oh, is this for me? Am I leaning into it? Do I like it? Or is it, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's those kind of feelings and um, guides that, you, that you're looking for. Yeah, I, I again, agree. And I think uh, for our young people coming through, asking them to know what that is out of high school is, I think, a little rough um, yeah, and, it's and, and and it's not it's not a failing of the school system or parents mm-hmm. or even the child or, or young person, sorry, that um, decides, well, I don't want to do a trade or I don't want to be at uni right now, that that shouldn't be a failing. I, I, I think there's, there, unfortunately, there's judgment there. You, you can't escape that. But from, from an individual perspective, yeah, how the hell are you going to know that young what it is that you want to do for another 40 or 50 years. I think, I think you'd want to be um, really self-actualized if you know that young, exactly what you're going to do for um, five decades or more. And, you know, given that we're going to retire later and later in life, Mm. looks like we could be working for 50 plus years in careers. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And the other thing too, is that it's, it's more than likely when we know that people are going to chop and change careers um, you know, up to seven, eight times during their lifetime. So, de- again, depending on life circumstances, you know, you, you may um, have to step back a bit or you may be able to go in and, and, and commit fully. So um, I, I think it's about your next steps and what you like to do. That's, the, that's always the current question in my mind. Am I, am I liking what I want to do? And look, I'm not saying that everything is perfect 100% of the time. We all have bad days. But you have a general sense of I'm on purpose, I'm on track, and I'm moving forward. That is, I think, the pathway that we're all trying to to look for. Yeah, 100% agree. Now, let's, um, if we can, bring it back in from your experience and that Mm -hmm. lifelong learning from a leadership perspective. So to what degree do you think lifelong learning is a component of the leadership process as you've experienced it as i've experienced it Mm. um i think the exceptional leaders that i have worked with are always learning They're, they're they're always um keeping an eye on on what's happening in their world and and in their fields they're engaging with with other peers in their fields they they're they're members of professional organizations who have um, cpd as part of their uh, requirements to be members requiring people to be to be up to date so um, the the leaders that i've worked with that have really done it well and understand people and understand their their business have continue to educate themselves um, and have been quite open about the fact that they don't know everything, that they are still, you know, open to, to that learning, you know, quite humble in, in, in some respects. So I think it's a key element of, um, of being an authentic and good leader. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Unfortunately, you, you do meet some people that think that it's all done and dusted and mm. there's no more room for it. And I, I 
you know, even outside of the work context, if you're not constantly picking up or learning something, then you're, you're shutting down, your brain's shutting down. And that's not a, that's not a good thing either, because mm. if you think you've got the answers to everything, you, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not the lead, it's not part of the leadership process and it's definitely on that narcissistic um, sociopathic scale. Um, <laughs> if you think you've got the answer to everything, which I, can clearly state I do not. Um, <laughs> Annette, so um, just to just a final a couple of things here. What advice would you give regarding lifelong learning to um, someone who's um, potentially at a at a um, crossroads, thinking about where their learning needs to go, or as part of a toolkit? for understanding what lifelong learning means from your experience, what advice would you give to, to my audience here about the topic? I think it really comes down to knowing yourself, knowing your values and, and knowing where you want to contribute and, and what lights that spark that we were talking about before um, in you. If, if you understand that or if you don't understand that, exploring that, I think that's what helps you start to target uh, the areas that you would like to further, um, you know, progress with education. Um, when it comes to lifelong learning, I, you said this earlier, and I, I really agree with this statement, it isn't just about the formal education. It's about being in your life and experiencing your life and being open to what comes at you and, and and being open to the learning experiences that happen formally and informally. Um, shutting down, I think, is the way that you stagnate. If you're not open and willing to listen and have your eyes open, then you really do yourself a disservice by, um, by shutting down. So I'd, I'd really just recommend opening, talking to people, networking, all of those things are are really great strategies for uh, finding where you might like to go next. And, and it's, it's amazing what can pop up in front of you when you least expect it. Yeah, no, thank you for that. And I have to say as, as, as a friend, um, I'm uh, more than a little happy and, and proud, I guess, that you're, you're taking the learning journey that you are, you, you've done awesome at, as a first year in a, in a, in a new degree um, program that you're undertaking at the uh, University of Southern Queensland. Have I got That's that right? That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so um, best of luck with that. And Annette, thank you for being on the podcast for the third time, mate. I appreciate this. <laughs> thank you. It's been great to be here. I love it. It's great. No worries, mate. Thanks. Uh, and for those listening, this has been the Talking Leadership TV podcast episode one. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch everyone on the next uh, episode. Thanks for following the podcast. Please like or better yet subscribe to help me build the channel. Thanks again for supporting Talking Leadership TV and I'll catch everyone on the next podcast.